Time now for The Real Estate Connection with Stephen Thayard, a realtor and certified probate and real estate specialist. Whether you're a first-time homebuyer or a seasoned investor looking to downsize, move up, or refinance, this program is for you. From probate sales to landscape design to home repairs and maintenance, this is your weekly look into all things real estate. Now your host for The Real Estate Connection, Stephen Thayard. Here I am. Welcome to the show. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on another episode of the Real Estate Connection brought to you by our sponsor, Good Patriot Realty, a salute to home ownership. Good Patriot Realty was established by um, God and uh, given to me uh, to steward Stephen Thayard, your podcast uh, host and broker owner of Good Patriot Realty. Um, and it is a salute to home ownership, um, pro private property rights, and the building of generational wealth. That includes the buying and purchasing of homes. That includes the acquiring of investment properties for rent. Uh, and it also includes st strategies in passing down these uh, properties to family members and all of that good stuff uh, that is involved in real estate. And as a supplement, this podcast of the real estate connection welcome to today's show thank you for joining me you know um the market is shifting the shifting real estate market and shifting expectations so that's the title of today's podcast um the real estate market has been roaring on fire for years and years and years and years it seems like and it seemed like nothing was ever going to stop it but i think we have finally reached the tipping point as evidenced by changes that I'm seeing in the marketplace. And so today's show, we're gonna talk about those changes and what expectations should shift along with the shifting market. Now, if you're new to watching or listening to uh, Good Patriot, I'm sorry, The Real Estate Connection, uh, either on Facebook or YouTube or on uh, uh, Apple Podcasts or Podbean, and you don't wanna miss another show, Go ahead and send me an email right now at info at realestateconnectionradio.com. That's info at realestateconnectionradio.com. Or you can even text me your information at 408-472-0817. Again, 408-472-0817. And if you're not into that and you just want to sign up on your own, you can uh, hit the like uh, button on Facebook, start a watch party. I know that doesn't sign you up. I know. But if you're watching on YouTube, hit the like and subscribe button and you'll never miss another episode. Or you can just go on to Apple Podcasts and look for the Real Estate Connection, the guy in the cowboy hat up in the corner, over in that corner. Um, uh, look for that symbol and it's under the business section for Apple Podcasts and you can see the Real Estate Connection or you can find me on Podbean, as in bean, the kind of beans that you eat, black beans, green beans, 
or Mr. Bean, podbean.com. Look for the Real Estate Connection um, podcast. So let's get started. We've been going gangbusters for a while in the real estate market. Interest rates were at extremely low, 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 low interest rates for a long time. The economy had been going pretty well for a while. And even during uh, the pandemic shutdown, we still had very low interest rates. Gas prices were lower um, and um, people were getting stimulus money or they were just still working on their jobs and they weren't spending a lot of money. It wasn't going out the door because we were stuck. We were right here in our rooms, couldn't go anywhere, do anything. And so money was piling up if you were still working, if you were blessed to be in that position. And so the real estate market kept going, especially as uh, real estate became a, what do you call a, a, a necessary service or um, uh, something that they s said we could go ahead and keep doing during the pandemic. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat. Let me clear my throat for all you uh, Run DMC fans. Um, oh, actually not Run DMC, somebody else. I forget who it was. Somebody's going to send me an email and tell me who was it that did that song? Let me clear my throat. Anyway, I digress. Air horn reset. Come on. Anyway, like I was saying, we were seeing a lot of economic factors that were still driving the market. People had a lot more discretionary income. People were working from home. They could live out on the edges and move out and buy, uh, buy more property uh, so that they could have room and not be sitting on top of each other's heads and condos and things of that nature. And people were buying and, and just everything was going hunky-dory. It was great. But now things have shifted. We have high inflation. The numbers keep rising. We can't ignore it anymore. The Fed has actually raised interest rates a couple of times to hedge against too much cash in the marketplace. We have supply chain issues with uh, delays in getting building supplies, refrigerators and um, elevators, things of that nature. Just um, all kinds of stuff that's going on uh, in the marketplace, along with the price of transportation is going through the roofs. Roof. If you ask diesel truck drivers, they're paying a lot more uh, to deliver goods and services, which is causing other um, household household goods to go up, like uh, heating fuel, along with the gas, uh, uh, cost for eggs and bread and, and all kinds of stuff. And now there's even a baby f formula shortage. Um, I just saw a recent article on how to make your own baby formula. Uh, you may want to check that out on the internet. Uh, as a as a potential solution for uh, the non-production of baby food formula or baby formula for newborn infants out there. But with that all in mind and interest rates ticking up, what's what's happening is it's pushing people out of the market, meaning there's less buyers out there. So at every time the interest rate goes up for buying a house, you lose more buyers because it costs more money. And pricing of real estate has continued to rise because we haven't had that much inventory. Now, what I have seen just in the last 30 to 40 days is an uptick in inventory, especially in my area. Now, we're starting to see that across the country as well. As open houses, the numbers are dropping off. Uh, people aren't showing up in droves. We're not seeing multiple offers over asking anymore. And we're also seeing price reductions. These are all telltale signs of a shift in the marketplace. So 
what I think happened based on this logic is we had sellers that were reading the writing on the wall. That's not biblical. Ah, Daniel. Anyway, <laughs> they're reading the writing on the wall and they were starting to say, hey, there might be a market shift and it might happen like right now. So we got to get off the fence and get our house listed for sale before we miss this market. Well, when a bunch of people do that all at the same time, they create that shift in the change because now there's a lot more houses in every category to choose from. In the last years, uh, especially even in the beginning of this year, January, February, March, there was only maybe one or two houses in every category. And what I'm talking about as far as categories I'm, is are concerned, I'm talking about price points. So if you were in the 700000 to $750,000 range, there might be one or two. And then seven fifty to eight, one or two, eight fifty to nine, one or two, um, uh, nine to nine fifty, so on and so forth. There maybe have been one or two houses in every one of those price points. But now with the increase in inventory, there are like four or five available in all of those price points and the, and the buyers can sense it. So now they're saying instead of, hey, I need to get this house just to get the house right now before it goes away to, hmm, maybe this doesn't fit exactly what, we're, what we need and I'm gonna wait for the next opportunity because houses are coming on the market and all of a sudden, there's choice where there used to not be choice. So what does that mean for sellers? Um, all right, well, before we get to the sellers part, there's also a couple other things that um, are affecting um, whether or not uh, buyers are going into the market. So first, the increase in interest rates also, uh, not also, but the increase in interest rates actually bring buyers out of the market. But with the stock market crashing and all of this downward pressure on the stock stock prices, especially here in Silicon Valley where people use their stock for down payments, they're pulling back. They're like, whoa, I just lost <clears throat> four, five, six, seven points on my stock price. And maybe not. it's not the best time to sell. Maybe it's not the best time to sell the stock in order to buy a house. Maybe I need to hold on to it um, and wait for the prices to go back up. So then that pulls some people out of your buying pool as well. So that's the second reason why you're gonna have people coming out of your buying pool. And oh, by the way, a lot of this information I'm grabbing out of an Inman article. I need to give credit where credit's due. Um, uh, working with sellers in a, a, a shift in the market. And this was authored by, ooh, who's the author's name? They don't say. Anyway, it's an Inman article. Uh, I'll see if I can find the um, the author's name to make sure that I give them um, credit for a lot of the information that I'm pulling out of here. Um, but anyway, stock market declines. And also, uh, what is the other reason? Um, buyers, are, buyers are anticipating price reductions. So before, buyers would just jump into the market because I better get the house before it's gone. But now that there's more houses on the market and they're starting to see some price reductions, which is the other thing that I'm seeing in the marketplace is price prices coming down the other direction. Buyers are going, huh, maybe if I wait long enough, the price will come down and I'll get a better deal. Also, since buyers are not 
jumping into a house just to have the house. They're getting picky on what's the right house for their family's needs. So for instance, if they needed a four bedroom and a two, a two, three bath, they might've settled for a two and a half bath, but now that um, there's more inventory to choose from, they're gonna wait to get that, th that full third bath uh, with the uh, shower or tub in it. Or if they're looking for a non-galley kitchen or, or things of that nature, they're getting a little bit more picky. So what they're doing is they're holding off and waiting. Now, what's, now what does that mean for sellers? That means shifting your expectations altogether. So what do you wanna do moving forward as a seller in a shifting market like this? Well, I got a phone call from another realtor in the marketplace that was getting ready to uh, list their property and they were noticing the shift in the market as well. And they asked, hey, Stephen, you had sold a house on the same street that I'm getting ready to list a property on. <clears throat> what do you think about how to price it giving the shift in the market? Well, I had personally gone through um, this issue in another uh, market uh, in another town uh, located um, south of where this house was going to be. And the market had already shifted there. And so what I told her was, price the house at fair market value. Don't price it below and expect the house to get pushed up by buyers in a bidding war. The market shifted. You need to make sure you talk to your sellers and set an expectation of what market price is and set it close to that number so that they're getting actually what they want and not what they hope for. All right. That's the first thing. So you don't you don't want to you don't want to uh, price the house too low and then hope and then expect it to come up in value because there's so many people uh, clamoring to get it. So you want to price it at fair market value. The second thing is, is you don't want to overprice it. So if you've been um, if you're a seller and you've been watching all the houses in your neighborhood list at, say, 800,000 and then sell for 900 or 950. Um, and now the market shifted and you're expecting that bump. So instead of uh, hedging, instead of listing it at fair market value, you go ahead and overprice it by 100,000 or $150,000. You're going to cut yourself off at the knees. Since there's so much to choose from, buyers are just going to walk right on by your house and ignore it because it's overpriced. Even in a hot seller's market, overpricing your home is the kiss of death in the real estate market. Because in the United States of America, as a society, we do not haggle over pricing. It's just not part of what we do in this Western, um, civil, uh, Western uh, type of lifestyle, lifestyle. In other countries, uh, haggling is just part of everyday life, whether, whether you're in a retail market, at a grocery store, or in real estate, um, part of the um, culture is being able to uh, talk about the negotiating process and how well you did in negotiating a price. Not in Western culture, we don't do that. So people don't wanna offend you by offering you less money. So instead, they wait for you the person in control of the price to drop it. 
Also, you will attract what we call low ballers. These are people that routinely are rolling around in the market looking for a deal. And so what they'll do is they'll wait for your house to be on the market for a long period of time and then throw a lowball offer at you, hoping that you're in a desperate selling situation and that they'll get a fantastic deal. You do not want to attract lowball buyers to your home because they just are looking um, to, to, to get as a best deal as possible. They're not really caring about the house. So what can you do to help yourself in a shifting market and to shift your expectations? Number one, expect for the house to sit on the market a little bit longer than what you anticipate. Now, we're all used to it, including real estate professionals, of going and setting the house up for sale, putting a sign in front, uh, waiting a week, having all these people run to your front door, and then throw a bunch of offers in your lap, and then you choose the highest and best, and you move on and you sell your home. Well, in a shifting market like this, expectations need to shift not only from the seller, but also from uh, the real estate professional. It's going to take longer. It just is. It may, one or two in the neighborhood may still go at the, still, it, that still may happen, but usually they're the cherry homes of the neighborhood. Everything's perfect. It's already been completely upgraded and remodeled. It's completely staged. The exterior looks fantastic. The backyard looks fantastic and it's in a great location. It's the holy grail of real estate and everybody's gonna wanna buy it, no matter what the market is normally. But um, when you're dealing with homes that are um, not at the very top, top tier and maybe a little bit below, then expect the market to, uh, to uh, take a little bit longer for it to sell. So that's the first thing, Ex uh, adjust your expectation. Now, if you're not getting any showings and people aren't showing up to open houses, then you also have to be able to pivot very quickly, which means making price adjustments. Um, this is no fault of you, the seller. It's no fault of the real estate professional. It's all market driven. So the market's basically saying, hey, we're going to wait for it to become a better deal before you're go we're going to buy. So you may, if, if you have to move on or you're looking to get out in a certain time frame, be ready to pivot at the beginning and make a price adjustment so you can get your house sold. The other thing that you're going to want to do is you're going to want to make sure that you maximize the value of your home. If there are any, any undone projects, get them done. If there were any halfway done upgrades, complete them. If there was some sort of um, uniqueness about your home that you saw when you first purchased it, make sure that you are maximizing the functionality of your home so that when people walk in the door, they see all of the great functionality of the home and it stands out as a gem in the neighborhood. Do the best that you possibly can with your home to make sure it is something that the general public is absolutely gonna love. And then all the other things that went into getting a house ready for sale, you're gonna wanna do as well. Neutralize it with color, make sure it's just a, a, a blank slate for people to walk in and wanna buy. Um, definitely staging is gonna set you apart. Um, before it was an option, um, yes or no, but I would say in a shifting market and you want to stand out from the competition, you absolutely want to stage your house 
I know it can cost three thousand to thirty five hundred dollars, but getting the house in contract quickly and for the most amount of money, it will definitely pay off for you in the long run. So you're going to want to stage the property as well. Um, declutter, clean the whole nine. All of that's going to be baseline moving forward in a market that's shifting where people have more choice. Those houses where they haven't cleaned, they haven't um, decluttered, they haven't painted, they haven't maximized it, they haven't used professional photography, those are going to be the houses that sit for a long time. Now, if you can't afford to do that, then you have to adjust your expectation on how much you're going to get for the house and maybe price it lower um, to sell. Now, with the good thing about real estate is that the tide, the boats rise and fall together. So if the pricing is coming down on the sale of your house, that means pricing is coming down for your replacement property. And that's the next suggestion. Before, you would maybe want to buy your replacement property ahead of time and then have your house empty and then um, move at that point. But with there being more choice in the marketplace, you're going to want to probably get your house sold first and then go get your replacement property because as buyers become more scarce in the marketplace, being a buyer who's non being a buyer who um, has their property sold and and buyer and sellers not getting um, non uh, clean offers anymore, a contingent offer is something a buyer a seller will actually will look at because they're just trying to get their house sold. So if you get your house in the contract and get it to the place where maybe all your contingencies have been removed, that's a good time to then go out and buy because one, um, you know your house is sold and you don't wanna go and buy another replacement property with the market being softer and not having your house sold and creating some financial stress for yourself. That alleviates some stress, but then it also puts you in a good buying position for another property, especially when sellers don't have as much choice as they used to in the quality of buyers that are coming in the door and then you can go in with a contingent offer and the seller's just happy that they're going to get a good deal for their uh, their house and then you get a replacement property so those are just some of the things that to adjust your expectations as far as this shifting market that we're looking at now if you're a buyer this is a good time for you you have a lot you have a lot more choice but don't get overly picky um, and wind up missing out on opportunities. There are things that you cannot change in the marketplace. And one of those is location. If you find the house in the right location that you're looking for and it ticks off 80% of what you're looking for and you can get some things like repairs done that you couldn't get done before and you're getting a good value, not having to go over asking and compete, this is a good time for you to buy. Take advantage of the marketplace, but don't get too picky because still the prize in real estate in California is the house because that is the beginning of generational wealth for you and your family and you're locking in place your um, cost of living for the next 30 years as far as rent is concerned. It's not rent, it's a mortgage and you don't have to worry about somebody uh, kicking you out of the house um, or, or, or you know, there's more um, stability for you and your family for the next 30 years um, by getting that house. So that's it. I hope you found it helpful. If you have any questions in regards to your particular fact pattern, give me a call. Stephen Thayard with Good Patriot Realty, California, DRE number 
0019. Call me at 408-472-0817. Again, 408-472-0817. And next week, I'm going to try to get somebody on the show uh, to speak to this from a lending perspective. I have a lender by the name of Linda Hayes. I'm going to reach out to her and see if she can join me uh, through the interview section of this software that I'm using. And I'm going to leave you with this, Joshua 1.9, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. God bless you. God bless your family. God bless the United States of America. And we will see you next week on another episode. Why, how did I make that small? I do that from time to time. We'll see you next week on another episode of The Real Estate Connection. God bless and have a great week. This has been The Real Estate Connection with Realtor and Certified Probate and Real Estate Specialist Stephen Thayard. Licensed Cal BRE number 01700019. For more information on this program, visit realestateconnectionradio.com. To contact Stephen directly, call 408-472-0817 or email info at realestateconnectionradio.com. And be sure to tune in next week at this time for The Real Estate Connection.